Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, thanks for joining us. We've got a really jam-packed programme on the way for you. We're going to talk about the business of the marathon. We're going to speak with someone who founded a company called Travel Awakens. You can only imagine what that's about. But my first guest is an inspiration for women in business and indeed any entrepreneur because she spotted a gap in the market for clinical trials on essentially healthy populations with food products. Using her experience as a clinical trials coordinator at Harvard and also with the APC Microbiome at UCC, Andrea Dolan has set up Atlantia Clinical Trials. It's 10 years on the go. They've 85 employees here and they've a second facility over in Chicago. Andrea, you're very welcome to Red Business. How are you? Thank you very much, Jonathan. Delighted to be here today. Thanks for the opportunity. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Clinical trials we all know about, because we, we remember during the deep, dark days of COVID, uh, we, they were testing the drugs and they couldn't test them fast enough. But that was an acceleration of how it normally works. So how did you get involved in clinical trials? Um, I've worked in the area now for about 28 years. And as you mentioned, I started my career working in the States, but working in the pharmaceutical sector. So running drug studies in dermatology and then in HIV research. Um, I returned to Ireland then back in 2000. And as you mentioned again, worked with the APC Microbiome Institute and run their clinical platform. And recognizing there was a niche in the market, there was a lot of food companies at the time coming to the university. And it really wasn't the primary remit of the university. So we decided to spin Atlantia out formally back in 2012 and run the studies for those food companies. So we do clinical trials, but they're not the typical clinical trials a lot of people think about. It's not the kind of the drugs to see do the drugs kill you or make you better. It's a different type of clinical trial. It is. We test only foods and supplements and the populations we recruit are predominantly healthy. So they might have symptoms of disease or at risk of developing the disease, but they are a healthy population. So we're more we're looking at more preventative of disease and improving people's quality of life and well-being. So are we talking about stuff that you buy in the supermarket? Are we talking about things you add to food? What exactly do you test for? So it's both really. Um, we look at ingredients. So companies will come to us who might be ingredient manufacturers. They're looking to sell their ingredient product onto a um a company then that will develop a product for the consumer. Um, We do test a lot of products that would be on the market, whether they're currently on the market here in Ireland or other countries. For example, we do a lot of studies in probiotics. So people are familiar with probiotics, that they've got benefits when it comes to um, mood or anxiety, digestive symptoms. And a lot of people take probiotics as supplements. Some of those products are tested in clinical trials. Others are just making claims based on um, other nutritional claims. But, you know, we here in Atlantia actually, you know, the sponsor comes to us, the client comes to us, we take their product, we test in the population and we give them the results afterwards. So we validate their science and their products. Yeah. So in other words, what um, you're doing do is, of- is, is you're, you're, you're providing the Ron Seal seal of approval, if I could put it that way. Uh, it does exactly what it says on the tin and you have the science to prove it. That's it, exactly, yeah. Um, how important is this for companies? Because we we know that uh, people are very sensitive about the food that they eat. They're very sensitive about what they put into their bodies. They need to turn to somebody who they can trust. Is that where you guys come in as as independent arbiters? 
And yes, the consumer is very much more aware now and they're looking for products that have a functional health benefit as well as nutritional health benefit. And so we are the that company, the, the go-to company. We were very scientific focused. You know, the quality studies we run are to the drug standard. So, you know, we have that level of rigor and regulatory around our studies. So there's 100% guarantee that the data we produce, the results we get and that are published then by our clients are accurate you know and they can trust that data it is completely independent of the sponsor they have no involvement you know in the running of the study so we work with them to design the best quality study you know we give them the results at the end of the study and that's mm. it so i mean you're 100 percent assured that what we're stating is completely accurate because you're based in cork that that's not an impediment i mean that's a compliment i suppose to ucc and, and the work that they will have done to date in establishing credibility but but presumably your clients are global and and you've got a burgeoning business in the us where uh, it's almost uh, on stilts compared to what we have in here in europe Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we would be, you know, we'd work with a lot of well-recognized companies, the likes of Coca-Cola and Pepsi, um, Unilever, Danone. Um, so global companies. I mean, some of the biggest food companies in the world have worked with us. Um, and then, you know, we're much more established here in Cork, I guess, because we're here 10 years. Um, whereas the US site is only open the last three years, really. It opened in 2019. And unfortunately, then COVID hit. So that kind of took a, we had to take a step back for a while. Um, you know, but again, the same types of companies, multinational food companies, um, well-recognized brands um, that would be on the shelves here in Ireland and abroad as well. So very much a global base. We would have a handful of Irish companies, of Irish clients. It's predominantly international. And, you know, North America, Europe, Asia. Okay, you have about a quarter of a century under your belt, right? And the company, I think, celebrated 10 years last year. So you've been around a while. Um, you are a female business leader um, and there mm-hmm. aren't as many of those as we would like there to be. Um, how did you manage to do this uh, in a way that made the company successful? Um, I mean, gender really doesn't come into common mm-hmm. sense a lot of the time, but uh, did, did you find being a woman in that role advantageous or disadvantageous when you were going making pitches to those big companies for example yeah i i find it quite advantageous because you know people do stop and listen i guess maybe in the nutrition area it is predominantly female dominated as well that there are a lot of work women working in nutrition so in many cases the people i'm talking to and you know doing the sales pitch to are females also and there's definitely kind of a, a recognition there that from them on their part, you know, they're very aware, I guess, as a woman, what I've accomplished and I guess the hoops I've had to jump through and the commitments you have to make. And, you know, I guess it's it has worked in my favour. Over the years, I guess there has been a few instances where, you know, where I'm dealing with, with men that, you know, you wouldn't get the, I guess, response you'd, you know, you'd like. Um, but that's probably in any business, really, to be honest. You know, if that happens, I just move on. Put yeah. it behind me and just and get on with it, yeah. Um, the funny thing, Andrea, is I'm guessing that this is a sector that's just going to keep going and going and going because every time there is a new trend or every time there is a new fad, there will be new food substances and there will be testing that will be needed. So I'm presuming you've got a long runway ahead of you in Atlantia. Absolutely. It's a massive market. I mean, the functional food space now is just growing year and year. And, you know, certainly within Europe, we would be regarded as, you know, extremely high standard and well recognized and probably one of the leading CROs really um, specializing in this space in Europe and getting there in America as well. So, you know, we would see that there's a 
lot of opportunity going forward. We will see a lot of growth. You know, we're looking now more to remote and decentralized studies where, you know, we're based here in Cork, but the participant can be anywhere, you know, initially in Ireland and even beyond that. So we're really looking at how can we expand our reach to participants you know, at a much inter- more international level. And that will give us scope then to grow our offering to our clients. I mean, as I said, we are limited by doing studies right now in Cork and Chicago, but that's, you know, that will change even by the end of this year, to be honest. Andrea, it's a fabulous story. Congratulations to you on 10 years in and uh, many more to come. Andrea Doolan, CEO and co-founder of Atlantia Food Clinical Trials here in Cork. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks very much, John. It was a pleasure. Many people might have started the year thinking that they'd begin a journey of self-discovery and personal growth. For some of us, it's a pipe dream uh, that's long since been forgotten. (laughs) I'm deeply hurt. Uh, But a lot of people have a desire to do something life-changing and uh, the desire to do that seems to be getting stronger. But what if the journey involved moving to another country in search of a better life? Well, Sonia Kruf has made a business out of helping people to achieve that dream and she's with me now. Hello, Sonia. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very good. It's lovely to talk to you. You were in the corporate world, the dirty, nasty corporate world, and you got out. So did you follow your dream? That's right. That's right, Jonathan. I'm Actually, I'm originally from Spain. So this is where I was working since very young in the corporate world. And I moved to Ireland because of a promotion. But after a few years, you know, going into the ladder of the corporate I decided that was not what I wanted to do with my life. So I embraced my uh, passion for travel and I changed my life as a result. Okay. Uh, Travel Awakens is the name of the company. We'll get to that in just a minute. But was coming to Ireland your awakening? (laughs) Yes. Yes, part of it. Part of it was coming to Ireland, definitely. I think moving is something, moving countries is something that um, helps you to understand better yourself and differentiate who you really are versus who you were taught to be and what's you and what's part of your culture and and your education, Mm. definitely. Is it the appeal of starting somewhere new that you don't carry the baggage that you've had to this point in your life? You you don't necessarily know as many people and and that you have a clean break. Is that what is appealing to people? This is part of it, yes, definitely. So when you travel or you move in a different place, you are free from expectations, so you can actually be more of who you are and not being worried about, you know, what they will say or what they expect me to, to be or to behave. But the other big thing as well is you are going out of your comfort zone. You are going out, you leave the familiarity behind. So everything can, uh, you know, it's new beginnings. All the possibilities are, are available. So, it's, yeah, if you want something different, something to change in your life, and you are doing the same all over again, it's not going to be a big change. You know? mm. So the combination of these two is what uh, is important for uh, travel to be a catalyst for change. When, when we think of emigration in Ireland, it's, it's normally emigration out of economic necessity. So, you know, we all remember what happened around the time of the economic crash in 2007. People remember the 1980s, then the 1970s, then the 1950s, where people left the country because they felt they had no choice other than to leave. Is yours a more holistic discussion about leaving it's not necessarily an economic driver it's a personal driver that's right so i um, always uh, you know uh, talk about the maslow pyramid of needs maybe you heard about it but it says that um, you know to to be uh, above the pyramid of the, the needs uh, you need to cover the basic needs 
So for me, my clients are more in the top of this pyramid, uh, like in the self-actualization, and they grow for self-discovery. So all the basics are, are met, but they want something more. How difficult is it uh, to temper expectations that if you transfer your life to Australia or indeed to Spain or to the United States or or wherever you go, that it isn't going to automatically be all of your dreams fulfilled because you still have to earn money, let's not forget. Do you have to have those conversations with people when you're counselling them? Yeah, so I think many people, you know, have these expectations of moving to another place and everything is going to be different and we need to, you know, face uh, the reality and be honest with ourselves. So are we trying to escape from any problems or anything or are actually want to uh, go for a better understanding of ourselves, a better life? So moving physically, you know, moving your body physically yeah. of location is not going to change anything necessarily. It needs to be a change always, a transformation is from within. So it needs to be a change from the inside out. So that's why... You know, when I talk with my clients, we, we make sure that this is clear and we, you know, work with both sides of mm. the logistics, but also the, the mindset preparation and the holistic preparation. Do, do you ever find yourself saying to a client who comes across the threshold, uh, who's desperate to go somewhere, um, and, and you have to say to them, I don't think it's right for you. I, I think that your motivation isn't where it needs to be. And, and if you go there, you're probably going to be more miserable than you are when you're here. I actually trust uh, the the intuition of the person. So if, uh, if this person feels called to move somewhere, so we, we deep dive uh, uh, to the reasons. That's where the coaching consultations also come uh, to, to understand what are the deeper reasons. And I don't usually tell the person. I try to, you know, find the ask the questions so the person can find their own answers and they will arrive to this conclusion by themselves. It, you make it sound like a, a, a kind of a spiritual journey uh, more than a, a journey of migration. And is there something spiritual about it if you're doing it for the right reasons, Sonia? I believe it is. So um, actually, it's curious you say that because my clients, you know, when they give me feedback and all that, they often refer to the spiritual part of it or the more a nice sacred journey. But uh, yeah, I believe it is uh, a spiritual call for this person to go somewhere. Maybe they are sometimes in a crossroads at life and they are finding for, they are looking for answers. And often we need to leave home to find these answers somewhere else. So this is definitely part of it. Mm. Uh, you are heading to the Camino. I suppose that, that that's a short journey. You're not making any life-changing uh, decisions if you're heading to the Camino for a couple of days. Uh, at around Easter time, it's 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 seen as a place of, of pilgrimage normally. What are you um, are, are hoping to achieve with this group and how can people get involved? Yes, uh, the idea came because I was there recently. Um, I spent uh, one month around Galicia. So I did the Camino again um, and I interviewed some pilgrims there. To find out more about the reasons why they start, uh, you know, this trip. But what I discovered after speaking with them is at the end of their journey, when they are already arriving to the cathedral, uh, when I asked if their goals were met, they told me that, yes, they got some clarity about uh, what they were looking for. But now they were heading home again. They were, feeling, they, were, they were feeling lost and, you know, having more questions about what to do, how to implement all this. So the idea of this pilgrimage that is coming in Easter, as you well said, is uh, to do it more as a, a program of preparation and integration after the trip, on top of the week, the pilgrimage, uh, the week-long pilgrimage that's going to happen. 
So I want to, you know, make sure these changes or these uh, answers or healing, transformation, whatever the person is looking for actually happens. And it's not just something temporary. And they go back home and they go back, you know, um, to their old patterns and routines. But actually there is a long lasting transformation. So that's the idea of the Camino. Okay. So to get involved, uh, you can find more uh, information on my website. Um, we go from the 5th to the 11th of uh, April, but uh, the preparation starts uh, at the beginning of March, the 3rd of March. Okay, so you, you have a couple of weeks to get in order. Travelawakens.com is the website. The founder is Sonia Cruz. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Sonia. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Now, many people are lacing up their shoes over the next few weeks, beginning their training for the Cork City Marathon 2023. It's the 15th running of the event, and there's a new element this year. We're going to get to that in a little while. But it's big business, the marathon, brings in a huge amount of both people and money to the city. So we decided now would be an ideal time to speak to the race project manager, Julie Sabodi, who is with Davis Events Agency, working on behalf of Cork City Council. Hello, Julie. Welcome to Red Business. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks a million for having me. It's lovely to talk to you. I mean, it is a huge event and it's in its 15th year, so very well established now. Yes, it is. So Cork City Marathon will take place on the 4th of June to Sunday. It's a bank holiday weekend. And uh, yeah, so we have a full marathon, a half marathon, and now for the first time ever, a 10K at Cork City Marathon as well. So it's really a race for everybody now. And it is a race for everybody, people who live in the city, but you've got so many people coming to the city as well who'll be staying in hotel rooms and who might be going out the night before. If they're not, uh, the people they're with might be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Many people come over. So we have registration open on Friday and Saturday. So that's when people come and pick up the race packs. So many people bring their families as well. And they come to Cork and stay for the full weekend. Um, so they make a full, because of the bank holiday weekend, they make a whole weekend out of it and uh, come to the registration, pick up their stuff, then go to town, you know, then on Sunday of the race and then still have uh, afterwards, obviously, their party and staying till Monday. Yeah, I mean, it used to be the case that the marathon, if memory serves, was running a bank holiday Monday, which is in, kind of, in hindsight wasn't a great idea because uh, sure you couldn't relax at all after that. So it seems to have kind of suited the idea of a bank holiday to move it to the Sunday and you get huge support from the people of Cork. Yes, yes. And it's actually much better for the for the runners because obviously running a marathon is, well, it's, it's a big deal. And then you've got Monday to recover uh, which is very, very helpful before then heading back to work on Tuesday or so, mm. you know. Now, you mentioned there's a 10K uh, for, for those of us who mm-hmm. aren't inclined to run a marathon. Um, and I, I would very much be in that category. Uh, and it is, it, it's doable, isn't it, that you can do a 10K and the fact that it's being run the way it is means you'll be able to do it with your friends, running alongside you, encouraging you, mocking you, doing whatever you need to do. That's right, that's right. Like the 10K, having a 10K now there is fantastic. It's really, it's an entry race, right? And uh, so it's for people who, let's say, run the 5K at pack runs every weekend or so, you know, training from a 5K to a 10K is uh, quite easy to do in a way. But um, also the people who used to run the relay, right? They, the distance is exactly the same, pretty much the same. Uh, So they can run the 10K now as well. But as you said, they can run it with their friends instead of running behind each other. They actually do the whole race together. Um, but it's also it's also for people who are not running yet. So people who might be sitting on the couch now and say, ah, I should really do something this year or so, you know. Look, go on the website, go into corkcitymarathon.ie, sign up for the 10K. Then you've got a date in the calendar, got something to look forward to and to train for. 
and then ask your friends and families to join you. You know, you can do this this race all together. And then you can also do the training together. Get them, catch up with them maybe twice a week or so after work or maybe at lunchtime and start the training. We have training plans on the website as well. That's CorkCityMarathon.ie. And um, they're very, very easy training plans. So you can start off with, let's say, four minutes run, four minutes walk and so on. And then slowly every day you build up your pace. Yeah, and, and then it, you get within and, a couple of months you get to the ten k's. Yeah. yeah, and it's doable, and, and like you don't have to do it in under an hour. Uh, you can do it at your own pace, yeah. and, and uh, yeah. if, if people overtake you, that's fine. That's allowed too. But I mean, you will have those doing the half and the full marathon as well. Uh, the, the preparation oh, they, yeah. they kind of have to be getting their skates on now uh, if they wanted to be ready in time. If they if they weren't quite marathon fit. It makes it easier, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the full marathon runners, they would be training now already. And uh, the half marathon, they're starting very soon. And then the 10K, in a way, you can actually can train up to the 10K in like six weeks or so easily enough. But if you have a bit more time, obviously, it's it's much easier to do, you know. Yeah. So there are lots of different ways to get involved, as we know. Uh, The event itself uh, involves preparation. You've got a lot of things going on the website as well. Uh, I know you did a live webinar on nutrition with Apex Nutrition. But there's other things coming up soon if people wanted to, to tune into those. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got loads going on. If people want to actually follow us on social media, we're on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on all of them, um, and follow us there. And we have literally updates every few days, uh, what's coming up and, and you know, news and uh, different ways for training, for nutrition, for all different things, really, to get prepared for, for the Cork City Marathon. Okay, and the website, if people are looking for it, corkcitymarathon.ie. It's on the Instagram, it's on the Twitter, it's on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to get ready if you're thinking about either the full thing and you get going on that, uh, but definitely the 10K, which I think is very doable, even for the lazy amongst us, and I include myself in that and number. That's right. And <laughs> can I tell you something else? Actually, something else has changed. You know, the half marathon, the full marathon entry age would be 18, right? But for the 10K minimum age would be 15. So anybody who will be 15 years old on the 4th of June this year can actually sign up and participate in the 10K. Okay. Well, that, that'll get them off the uh, off the playstations for a couple of hours at least. Julie Sabode, oh. uh, the race project manager with Cork City Marathon, corkcitymarathon.ie. Julie, best of luck with it. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Jonathan, thank you so much. Thank you. Finally, on this week's episode, the judging panel for Grow with Aldi is sifting through all the entries they've got for this year's programme, which helps small and medium businesses get to the next level. Someone who benefited from the programme last year is with me. Matthew Collins of the Sibley Food Company is with us. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm great, Jonathan. How are you? I'm very good. Now, we are huge fans of the Sibley Food products in our house, but to the uninitiated, you might tell us what you do. Yeah, so um, I suppose... Essentially, we make healthy snacks with a few sweet treats as well. But our main products, especially in Aldi, are healthy snacks. They're healthy energy balls. It came about, I was in college, and I'm by no means a health freak. But I suppose I was conscious of going into lecture with your coffee or whatever. You'd have your chocolate bar, your whatever it might be. You get your sugar high and your sugar crash. And I wanted the sustained energy. <laughs> you needed to be able to concentrate. So that's how it came about. Started in the college kitchen. And thankfully, we've had a number of um, very fortuitous breaks over the last couple of years. And now we're stocked in Aldi's all over Ireland, as well as about 150 super value centres around Cork, Kerry and Limerick as well. Now, people might call these protein balls, would they? I mean, is there a catch-all name for what you do? 
<laughs> they yeah they, they could call them protein balls I suppose from my point of view the reason they're not a protein ball is we don't add artificial protein so many protein balls out there they're marketed as protein balls they don't really have the adequate amount of protein for a serving so in in my eyes they're an energy ball per ball you're getting your just under 100 calories 5 grams of protein 10 grams of carbs and 4 grams of fat so ideally you'd like the protein a bit higher that's something for down the line but for now it's just it's your healthy snack on the go with a kind of very complete macronutrient profile so it's natural ingredients we're not adding in our artificial protein flavors etc it's just very simple five or six ingredients now when i am trying to lose a bit of weight i i phase out all of the processed sugars out of my diet but i i still have the urge sometimes for what i refer to as a bit of bit of sugar something small and i I would invest in what i used to describe as joyless bars which would be you know you'd eat them you'd feel unhappy uh but it, it would fill the gap what's different about your things uh, they, they don't taste awful. Uh, a lot of things like that taste absolutely manky. Yours, you know, still feel like you're getting a bit of a treat. I mean, presumably that is de- that is de- deliberate. Yes, that's absolutely deliberate. Um, I suppose it's a good thing if you don't think they taste awful. I'll take that as um, a compliment. <laughs> I mean, look, that's probably the, <laughs> one of the best compliments you're going to get today. Just just take it while <laughs> yeah. it's there, Matthew. I'll take it. Um, but yeah, that is that is the aim. I suppose it's natural ingredients made to taste good. It's not a case of something dry, something crumbly. It has to be nice. It needs to be indulgent while being healthy. And I suppose that is our mission. It's it's food to make you smile is our tagline. And it's we can take natural ingredients, make it into a beautiful kind of indulgent treat without adding in your sugar, your additives, your preservatives, whatever it may be. Mm. Our only sweet is honey. And we use dark cho- 70, 74% dark chocolate as well. And but that's comprised of I think it's three percent of the ball, so it's just that kind of you get the spontaneous kick of the chocolate at times, and then you've got the honey throughout. You mentioned the university kitchen where you started out. Now presumably you've had to up your game if you're supplying Aldi and other supermarkets as well. So where where is production? Um, so production is we're split between Belly Desmond in Cork and then just over the border in Fireys and Kerry as well. Um, so oh, we're no, very much no, um, no, no. Could you mark? Could you mark yeah. the ones that come from Kerry? I mean, that's that's after putting an awful sheen on the conversation. Yeah, we're um, we're rightly stretched. I think if we gathered all the staff and cut it down the middle, we'd be half Cork, half Kerry. Um, one of our one of our brand ambassadors is Shami in the Cork senior footballer. And another one is Gavin White, the Kerry senior footballer. So um, we're <laughs> rightly split down the middle. <laughs> well, look, at least you're honest about it and upfront. But you are creating employment as well. Uh, you're a young businessman, a young artisan food maker. Um, are you surprised at how well people have received the product? Because like everything else, when you went out there and when you would have applied for this Grow With Aldi programme, it was a bit of a punt. Absolutely. Yeah, people have been incredibly supportive locally. And I know shop local has become nearly a catchphrase over the last couple of years since COVID but we wouldn't be in the position we are without support of local people and also through initiatives such as Grow at Aldi because we w- we wouldn't have had that exposure or say the logistics in place to be able to distribute to their 155 shops around the country so it's been a huge opportunity but it would not have happened if it wasn't for the local support and whether that's from people going onto Instagram or TikTok or whatever it might have been or from people like yourself picking up in the shops so it's been huge and it really 
it's like I know people are probably sick of hearing the same old same old of shop local but the impact that has and the employment it subsequently creates is massive even if it's your two or three euro purchase once a week that is from a local producer it's huge Okay well Sibley Food Company is the name of the business as you say they're available in all of the Aldi's other supermarkets as well great products the Sibley.ie if you want to have a look at the full range Matthew Collins it, it officially has the red business seal of approval for what that is worth thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us Jonathan, thanks a million. Much appreciated. And that's it for this episode. Thanks as always to all of my guests. Every episode of Red Business is available right now on redfm.ie. Fiona Corcoran was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.